be with God's people. In our Holy Spirit series that we've been in over the last few weeks, um, we've covered the facts that he's our friend and that he's not weird. Amen? We keep saying that because it's important to say to make sure that we get that drilled into our head. We also say that he is a person. He's not just um, some ethereal force. We've said that we asked the question, is he Pentecostal? And we said, yes, he is Pentecostal. Uh, you could say it's his birthday, okay, uh, is the day of Pentecost. It's not in the same context that we have the understanding uh, in the cultural context, I guess, uh, maybe that you understood growing up, but the Bible does say that he is Pentecostal. He's also charismatic. That means he's a gift giver, and this is an amazing thing because we could use some gifts, amen? Uh, we are not perfect. We are not 100%. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, you're not, no, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Don't do that this morning. But we're not 100%, okay? Some spouses still did it regardless. Um, but we are not 100%, and we need all that we can get from God. Two weeks ago, we covered the topic of he wants to give us something special. God wants to give us something special called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then last weekend, we celebrated in this place and baptized, water baptized, six people. Can I get an amen and a round of applause? That was awesome. What a time of celebration uh, that was. We are really excited. And next week, we'll start a new series uh, that I'm calling Stand Your Ground. It's based on the book of Daniel. Uh, and it's going to, it's going to be, we say this all the time. We say we preach practical messages. We are a practical people. We want to know how to do life and faith. But I had this thought. It is going to be practical, but it's also going to be tactical. This message is going to help you win a battle. So it's going to help you be able to stand firm in this culture today and still love well, even in the midst of all of that. Um, if you ever miss a step in one of our series, we encourage you to go online to our website, celebratepeople.org. Um, you can click on the listen link, uh, or if you just want to rehear one of the messages at some point. But today is the finale. It's the last message in our Holy Spirit series. And the title of my message today is, Does He Speak in Tongues? Now, when I just said that, some of you might be tempted to check out on me. But I'm pleading with you today, don't do that. I want to tell you exactly what God's word says. Um, and I think I can say this with confidence. And many of you who have been here throughout the series can agree with this, that I've tried to handle this with as much tact and finesse as possible to try to make sure that we stay very close to everything that God says and that that's what we put our hopes on. And I promise you, our church works very hard to present the full gospel. That's the whole message and biblical truth in a way that's authentic and easy to grasp because I need it to be easy to grasp. So I know that there are some people here today that might be uncomfortable talking about this. There might be some baggage related to the subject and to borrow a cultural term today. I thought this was kind of funny myself. If you don't laugh, I still will. There's been a lot of fake news about the Holy Spirit. Okay, ha ha ha. There's been a lot of fake news about the Holy Spirit, okay? And I want to help because this has been broadcasted for years and years, especially on the topic of tongues. And so I want to set the record straight according to the Bible today. I had this thought though, 
as I developed this message, and it is this. Bias is the leading factor to spiritual blindness. It's the leading cause of spiritual blindness. And so we, we want to take our blinders off every time we come into God's presence, every time we look at his word. We want to remove all of the baggage and set aside that stuff, set aside the bias, previous experience, whatever that may have been, assumptions, and we want to just walk in God's truth. Amen? So today, that's exactly what we're going to do. Remember, there is, we talked about this several weeks ago, there is a manifestational or a demonstrational gift of the Holy Spirit called tongues. It's mentioned throughout the Bible in the New Testament, and it's meant for a gathering of believers where someone speaks out in tongues, which is un, it's not understood by the audience, and then they seek an interpretation. They ask God to help them have the interpretation for that message. I've been in services where that has happened, and you need to understand what we're talking about today is not that public gift. What we're talking about today is a personal prayer language of being able to build myself up in the spirit of God, in prayer, individually, without anybody else around, or even when I'm up here and nobody else can hear me and my mic's off, to just lift my own spirit up in God's presence because there is a grace of tongues and it is not from God to a person like it would be in the demonstration in the body of Christ, but this, what we're talking about today, is from a person to God. It's an unknown thing to us. It would not be a language that we would understand. I want to show you very clearly, though, in Scripture today that every believer can pray in tongues and that every believer can have a personal prayer language to God. There are four things about praying in tongues that I want to show you today. And the first is this. Number one is it is scriptural. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. I don't know about you, but my life requires faith. And I feel really, really bad for those who don't have a faith that anchors their heart, their soul, their life's direction. In fact, reading the news yesterday or hearing the news about the synagogue and what happened in Pittsburgh, my heart was broken. 11 people gone. Uh, they were there to worship God. They were there to celebrate together with family and they're gone. And I thought to myself, wow, we are so blessed in our nation to live in the freedoms that we live in, but there, we are on the precipice of something that is greater than we've ever known before. And I need the Holy Spirit in these days more than ever before. Amen. Amen? So do you. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 and 15, listen to what Paul the apostle says. Remember, we believe that the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says to the church at Corinth in verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Verse 15 says, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. So 
as we go through this today, and I said something about bias a moment ago, there's no bias allowed when we look at God's word. And if we have a problem with the content, this is what I tell my students in my Bible classes at the local Christian school. If you have a problem with what God's word says, take it up with him. Wrestle, wrestle over that thing and say, God, I know it says this, but my heart desires this other thing. Lord, lead me, guide me, show me. And I promise you that prayer never falls on deaf ears because our God is the only God who hears. Amen. You need to hear that this morning. I'm filled with faith. I don't know what you're going through, but our God is the only one who hears, who sees, who understands, and he's got a special gift in the Holy Spirit that he wants to give to each and every one of us. So verse 16 of the same chapter will be in chapter 14 here for most of the message. Verse 16 says this, otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, or another version says in the spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen, or so be it? to your thanksgiving when he doesn't know what you're saying. Verse 17 says, for you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. So talking about praying in or with the Holy Spirit, let's continue. Verse 18, it says this, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Now I have to say this, Paul the apostle used to be a prideful man in the human nature. But at the point of this writing, he has been so humbled by God himself that he does something that we call, and we read in scripture, boasting in the Lord. He's, he's not saying that I'm more spiritual than you. You ought to get on my level. He is simply saying, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And then he says this in verse 19. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind or my understanding in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So it's really important that we understand that Paul spoke and prayed in the spirit. He prayed in tongues, but he said in the midst of all of that, there's no good use of it if nobody knows what's going on. The Corinthian church had some chaos and confusion. If you look at some of the details of the story of the Corinthian church, there was a lot of weird stuff going on in that day and time and in that place. And so Paul, by the spirit of God, is correcting some of those behaviors. In fact, it's said by theologians that they were coming into church services and that they were there gathered together and no one was speaking a language that anybody understood and everybody just stood around for a, a period of time and then walked away like, okay, well, what do we do now? And Paul is trying to encourage them to say, hey, listen, the word of God is powerful and effective. It needs to be proclaimed. You also have the ability, though, to be in step with the spirit through this. But there's got to be order in the public setting. Verse 39, it says this. It clearly says, do not forbid speaking in tongues. This is in the Bible. <laughs> You can disagree with it all you want to. You may feel uncomfortable with it. There's stuff in the Bible I'm uncomfortable with. And I have to say, God, I need your help in this area. But Paul is encouraging the leaders and the people of the church at Corinth. And this is not the only place he does such a thing where he says this, don't forbid speaking in tongues. So one more thing to consider if you jump back to verse 5. 
the Apostle Paul says this. He says, I want you all to speak in tongues. He says there, but even more to prophesy, because he's getting to the point of saying that those who prophesy, sensing God's spirit and declaring his glory to people in a language they understand is very important. But I echo his sentiment in that statement. I want all of you to speak in tongues. We don't do that for a show. We don't do that for our own glorification in front of others. We don't do that as a marker to say whether how saved you are or how good you are or anything like that. If that's the anticipated effect, then you are on the wrong path. But I'm telling you, there's been so much fake news about this that I think there's one culprit behind it. Now, I don't preach political messages, but I guess most of you have heard by now things in the news about which newscasts are more leaning which way and which one goes this way and all of that stuff. Here's what I'm telling you today. There is one culprit behind the fake news about the Holy Spirit. And that culprit is seeking to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He really does want to undo everything (laughs) that God is attempting to do in your life. But I'm so filled with faith this morning when we sing that song. He has no rival, there is no equal. I don't know if you've ever seen that Chinese symbol of the yin and the yang, equal good, equal bad. It's the black and the white symbol. That's not it. That's not how this works. God is 100% awesome, and the devil is this little tiny nuisance that keeps on and keeps on, but one day he'll be taken care of. So here at Celebrate Church, we do not forbid speaking in tongues. In fact, we encourage it. I encourage you in your daily prayer life to speak in tongues and to pray according to what the scripture calls in the spirit. I believe that every believer ought to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and every believer has access to this gift. Throughout this message series, I have searched and throughout my life, 20 plus years in ministry at this point, I have searched and I have not found yet a single place in scripture, even in the most obscure places, I haven't found anything that says that the Holy Spirit's work is done and that his days have have ended. I know that he's still here today because I've experienced him for myself And that's really the whole point. I want you to experience him too. Because each one of us needs more of God than what we have. We talked about this several weeks ago, but Jesus Christ coming to die on the cross, laying in the tomb, being resurrected, is enough for me to get into heaven. But more so on top of that, for me to live the life that he's called me to, I need power outside of myself to do what he's asking me to do. I don't have the human strength. If you know me, you know that. I don't have the strength, neither do you, to do what God is asking you to do. That's why he's given us the wonderful Holy Spirit. Here's point number two. Listen to me. It's just one of many benefits We are part of the Assemblies of God denomination. I will never, ever talk bad or down against them. I love the Assemblies, but I will say this. In our history, there has been this elevation, which I mentioned just a moment ago, which in the old days was if you spoke in tongues, you were A-OK, 100%. And if you didn't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, then you were mm, about 80%. 
I grew up in churches like that. I, my dad has been in ministry in the Assemblies of God. Our church has been around 40 plus years here in Clinton, and we are part of the Assemblies of God. But at some point, somewhere, we began to elevate this single benefit instead of looking at the whole comprehensive picture. And then, of all things, it's the weirdest one of all of them. And so people just want to talk about it. And then that's how it just keeps going and going and going. But I'm telling you, we have got to embrace fear with facts. We've got to look at the truth of God's word, even if we have a little bit of hesitation in our heart. Numerous benefits of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a few of them without giving you too much detail today. If I have the Holy Spirit, if I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the number one benefit is I have a deeper relationship with God. I have a a voice in my life to speak and direct and to guide me. I've got that. I've got fruit of the Spirit in my life. Some of us are lacking some of those. I am too. But the fruit of the Spirit is another benefit of the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal with fruit. It comes off of a tree that's been nurtured And if we're talking about a spiritual tree, the only place to get that nurturing is not in the news, not in the entertainment, not in the stuff of this world, but it's in the word of God. So if we're nurtured by the word of God and we have a deeper relationship with God, the fruit of the spirit will start popping out. Then the gifts of the spirit that are mentioned in scripture that we talked about several weeks ago. Then we think about this. It's mentioned in scripture that he gives wisdom How many of you would say, I need wisdom? No, don't point at me. I mean, you need wisdom. (laughs) Like, okay, we all need wisdom. We could use wisdom. How many of us could use peace? I thought about this the other day as I was praying for someone who's been dealing with something. And I thought, I had this thought, I believe by the spirit of God. And I'll say it to you. There has never been a storm that he has not settled. There really hasn't. There's never been any amount of chaos that has overwhelmed God. So we've got to take that to heart and we've got to believe exactly what the word of God says, that he will give perfect peace, power. This is another one, power to live the life that he's called me to live. Another benefit of being baptized in the Holy Spirit would be a boldness to witness. Regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it would be a boldness to witness and to share your faith with those around you. This today, what we're talking about, is just another benefit. It is a monumental one, but it is just one of many. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse four says this. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. The word but can also be translated and. I've done some study in this passage in 1 Corinthians 14. So if you read it in this way, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up and the one who prophesies builds up the church. This is an attempt to draw a difference. It is not to put one down over the other. Paul is clearly saying, I want you to have both and, amen? So this is what I seek. This is what I want you to seek as well. The Bible is clearly saying this, that the person who speaks or prays in a tongue does so for his own benefit. And the person who prophesies benefits the entire church at large. 
So I say, build yourself up. Can I be honest with you? Your pastor needs the Holy Spirit because I need him in my life so that I can build myself up with his power and his strength. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep being a husband, can't keep being a father, can't keep being a pastor, can't keep being a teacher. I can't keep all of the plates spinning. And maybe you feel the same way. I can't do it unless I'm building myself up. I love what the psalmist says. King David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. In another place he says, I will bless the Lord. I feel like he's sitting under a tree watching sheep at this point, and he's telling, he's talking to himself, and he's saying, self, bless the Lord, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the lack of money, regardless of the tension in the relationship, regardless of the distance, regardless of the problem you face, build yourself up in this holy faith, and you have a partner to do it, the Holy Spirit. So what's wrong with building yourself up? What's wrong with encouraging yourself in the Lord? Maybe that's the problem for some of us. We don't listen to worship music enough. We don't get in his word enough. We don't drown out the other voices to tune into the frequency that he's on because he's always wanting to speak to us. He always has something to say and he's not like that annoying friend that never shuts up. He actually has something good to say. This is, it's an incredible thing when we can tap in to what he wants for our lives. So you could sum up all of chapter 14 like this. Praying in a prayer language is private, but when gathered with the saints, the gift of tongues is always to accompany words that people can understand. Let's look at Ephesians chapter six. If you're a believer in this place, you probably are familiar with this passage of scripture. It outlines what we call the armor of God. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. It talks about the breastplate of righteousness. It talks about the shield of faith. But look at what verse 17 says. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. That's a capital S in case you're wondering intentionally, which is the word of God. Can I say this? The baptism in the Holy Spirit is of no effect in the life of the believer who chooses not to regularly nurture themselves in the word of God. That's why we say it's not about a show. It's not about all of the, 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 the signs or the looks or the lights or people hearing us or anything like that. It's about me being rooted and grounded in my faith and about me blessing the Lord and allowing his presence in my life. Listen to what it continues to say in verse 18. You, you may have never seen this. It says, praying at all times in the spirit. We teach little kids in Sunday school and in kids church. We teach them, put on the full armor of God. We've got the cute little armor suit and the helmet they put on and they learn the title and the, the gospel of peace. And we use these things as, as great illustrations, but we chop off at the wrong point because it continues the phrase there. It says, praying at all times in the spirit. That's how you stay armored. It says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And it's a big word for <laughs> begging. 
Sometimes that might be all you got. But I promise you, he's listening. It says to that end, keep alert. There it is. He's, he's actually tying it in and saying, use your mind. Keep alert with all perseverance. Keep on going and making supplication for all the saints. In Jude, it's a short book. There's only one chapter. In verse 20, it says this, but you beloved building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. The encouragement is there for us to build ourselves up and to pray in the Spirit. So you might say, I would love to do that, but I don't have the gift. Or others have said, well, if God wants me to have that gift, he'll give me that gift. But we aren't talking about that gift that happens in the presence of other believers. We're talking about you alone with God, having been baptized in his spirit and having a personal grace gift that's accessible to all of us. Point number three is this. It's a choice. I said a moment ago about faith, and I'll say this again. Faith is a choice. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, which is a a glorious passage that just, it builds me up to know all the screwballs that God called on in the past, and it gives me hope for the day I live in, okay? Because that was a motley crew of people. There's a prostitute mentioned there. There are liars mentioned there. There are adulterers mentioned there. These are people that God chose. And it says, by faith they chose to obey and to follow God. Something really interesting. Abraham's family sold idols because they were polytheists. They believed in many gods. But he had an encounter with the one true God that changed the course of his life and all of human history because he made the choice to believe in the one who spoke to him. Our God is a God who speaks. Verse 14 says this, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what am I to do? Listen again, it says, I will pray with my spirit. I will pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit. I will sing with my mind. I will, I will, I will. It's a decision that you make and it's a choice that each one of us has to make. We've said this before and I I love this phrasing. God is a miracle worker. He is not a magician. There's a huge difference in that because that means that God can change my circumstance and he can do the absolute impossible, but he doesn't just wave a wand and make all of my problems disappear. I'm still living in a human body. I'm still stuck in this life here on this earth. I am still here with all of my baggage. And so I say again, he's a miracle worker and I have to choose to believe in him. It's a choice. It's not uncontrollable. This is another part of the fake news that has happened. I don't know if you've ever thought, you probably have thought about it like this if you've ever heard somebody preach on the subject. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You will not be in Kroger or Walmart and the Holy Spirit moves you over to the intercom and you just begin to grab it and start speaking in tongues over the intercom. That is not what the Holy Spirit does. So if you've had that fear, let it go. Okay? Because that's, it's, it's not uncontrollable. It's actually my flesh choosing to do something 
That's abnormal. It's my flesh choosing to submit itself to something, someone else. I don't like doing that. <laughs> I mean... I mean, thank you. Uh, she, she understands. Yeah, my wife can laugh at that too. Uh, there's a couple of us. We all agree. Like, we would like to run, control our life, and be the person in power. But when I am baptized in the Holy Spirit, and when I am living this life of faith, I have a choice to speak out and to pray in the Spirit. It's not an uncontrollable thing. My will has to be engaged So why would the Holy Spirit give Paul the instruction for the church that we read in 1 Corinthians 14 of how and when to do it if it was uncontrollable? Right? I mean, I'm just using my brain. It's just, I mean, like, why would he do that if it was like, well, hey, this is an uncontrollable thing. It just keeps happening. It's a supernatural thing, but it's within our control. There are days that I don't feel like I want to, but I choose to. And on those days, those are good days. When I choose to submit my will to his. So it's scriptural. It builds you up. Why don't you want it? It's a choice. People do have a hesitation because they they may say things like, well, I've heard people do it before. I don't know if I agree with it. It seems weird. It sounds like gibberish. But here's the deal. How does a baby sound when they're trying to express themselves? Like gibberish. I want to be a faith-filled person, man of God, that declares his praise, whether I'm using my mind, whether I'm using a spiritual gift. I need to be that person who is engaging my choice and saying, Lord, please give me this gift. I'll warn you though, just like Paul warns the church, if you're going to be jealous or envious of any of the gifts, get prophecy. (laughs) Put that on your shopping list of prayer. Lord, give me English words that I can speak to someone else. I mean, if that's your first and natural language, give give me words in my native tongue to be able to speak your praise to someone else because that is a powerful thing. That can happen in a grocery store when I'm walking past someone and I all of a sudden sense God's spirit say something to me and I turn to speak to that person and something happens. I had something like that happen this very week. Um, it was a long distance thing. We didn't bump into each other in a grocery store. But I have a, a friend who used to be a coworker of mine, and we've kept in touch over the years, twice, three times a year, maybe kind of thing, not that big of a deal, like a couple pictures on Facebook. And I found myself, at no interaction in recent months at all. I found myself this week praying for that person. I mean, praying. I was gripped in prayer. And I was not setting out to like pray, okay, let's pray for the most obscure person today. I was praying for stuff I needed and I felt the Holy Spirit give me this name of this coworker that I used to work with and I began to pray for that person. Yesterday, I saw news on their Facebook feed because I I said, you know, I wonder what's going on in their life. And turns out they've had a devastating tragedy. Someone related to them, 33 years old had a cardiac event while driving his truck. He's a father of two kids, lives in New Jersey, father of two kids, a beautiful wife and family. And during that episode, ran his truck off the road and died. And I was gripped days before praying for this friend 
that God would comfort, that God would do whatever he wanted to do. And I was sensing his spirit in a, in a couple different ways. So when I saw that, I immediately texted and I said, hey, I thought about you the other day. I didn't send you a text message, but I've been praying for you. And that person just broke down. I need someone to pray for me right now. I'm going through something like never before. That is not the work of Dexter. That's the work of a God who hears, who sees, and who knows. And that's incredible. I don't care what you think. That's incredible. Amen? Number four, this last one. It's not evil or demonic. This is a big concern that some people have had. They, they don't want to open themselves up. And I agree with you. I don't want to open myself up to anything that is of a demonic nature or something that would not be God's will for me. I don't want to be open to that. Some have even been taught, though, in churches that it is demonic or that it's evil or that it's just the flesh or flesh influence. But here's the thing. I think God knew that someday people would say this. And he actually talks about this very thing in the Bible. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 11. Worship team, you can make your way up. We're gonna pray in just a moment. I'll give you instructions while you go to Luke chapter 11. In the close of this message today and of our series, I'm, I'm going to just boldly ask you. Mark, you can leave those on for right now. I'm gonna boldly ask you to admit your need for God. I'm, I'm going to ask you to just slip up your hand wherever you are. The worship team is going to play a song. We, we always have what we call an encore at the end because uh, they're so awesome and they deserve an encore. God deserves the encore, but it's a wonderful time for us to just commit ourselves to the Lord and respond to the message. I believe that if you really let the truth of God's word into your life, it can change you. Luke chapter 11 says this. Jesus actually refers to demons. I'd encourage you to look deeper into this passage later. But he refers to demons in this place as serpents and scorpions. In verse 11, if you'll pull that up on the screen, it says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If you ask for the Holy Spirit, God is not going to give you a demon. He's not going to allow the enemy to influence you. Now, I skipped over verses 9 and 10 intentionally. I want us to read them now. It says this in verse 9, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, for everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. This passage of scripture, I hope you're letting that just sink in today, is about the Holy Spirit. We've been telling our kids for years, and you might have grown up thinking that too, well, if you didn't get it yet from our God the genie, then just keep asking that he'll give you a job, that he'll give you a blessing, that he'll give you a this. But the whole passage, the whole point about this, this passage of scripture is the seeking and the asking 
for the most wonderful gift of all the gift of the Holy Spirit himself and he says everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to one who knocks it will be open so I say again to you church salvation is received by faith belief in God, the God of the universe who chose to save me, to redeem me, and to wash me of my sins. The Holy Spirit, again, is something that we have to receive by faith. So we've seen that it's scriptural, it builds up, it's a choice, and it's not of the enemy, it's of God. This last statement, I hinted at it before, but I, I want to say this to you today because I truly feel like the Holy Spirit helped me write this message. I didn't download this. I, I'm, I've been searching God's word so that I could know what he wants to say about himself to you. And I had this thought that we are to fight fear with the truth, not your truth and my truth like the world talks about, but we've got to fight our fears with the truth of the word of God. I would encourage you today that somebody needs to know this. I don't know what you're going through and I don't know what you're about to face, but I have made this a practice in my life and I can stand here today and tell you that whenever I have fought fear with God's word, I've never come up short. In my personal experience, I was age 10 years old. I went to a camp, 10 or 12, somewhere in that age range. I went to a camp and I went there and one night the speaker spoke about the gift of the Holy Spirit and a counselor came at the end of this, they call them you know, camp counselors, came to the altar with me and prayed and started to pray over me. And that camp counselor tried to teach me to speak in tongues, tried to give me phrases. I know you've probably heard the joking phrase of she tied my bow tie, I bought a Honda, wanted a Kia, and you say it really fast. Whatever it was that they were trying to coach me on, I knew in that moment that was not right and not of God. That was not the way to do it. I knew at that moment that that person was going about it wrong. I was raised in church. My parents are believers. They're spirit-filled believers. But I had this thought later on in my life as I've thought through the scenario of what happened that it's possible to have the best intention or motivation but the wrong approach. Husbands know this. <laughs> you can have the best of intentions or motivation, but you can have the wrong approach. Wives know it too. I'll never forget though, when the Holy Spirit broke through. I went to a youth night that churches had joined together in a church called First Assembly of God in Rockaway, New Jersey. Beautiful little town. When people think of New Jersey, they think of Newark. That's not all it is. It's a beautiful, beautiful city, beautiful town out in the country. And I went there with my youth group and with a bunch of friends. And there was a man there who spoke about the Holy Spirit. And I just lifted my hands and I said, Holy Spirit, I don't have you and I need you. And I tell you, he broke into every part of me. I went from a kid that was doing things that shouldn't be done to a kid that all of a sudden had a heart after God like I had never had before. I had joy unspeakable and I didn't know how to articulate it. 
I've always been an extrovert, but in that moment, I began to jump with joy like I'd never had before. I'm telling you, each one of us is going to be different. I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody. It doesn't happen that way. But I'm telling you, in that moment, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit broke through the thick place that he could in my heart and invaded my spirit. And since that day, he and I have had a relationship, a relationship that at times has been challenging. (laughs) At times it's been distant. But in this moment today, I want you to have that same relationship with the Holy Spirit. Would you stand? Not everybody has an identical or an immediate experience. And that's really important to know. But I want you to just think about that passage of scripture in Luke chapter 11 where he says, ask, seek, and knock. God doesn't want you to be left alone. That's the whole point of this series on the Holy Spirit is that he's still here and he's still speaking and he wants to speak to your heart today. He wants you to have all of his benefits, all of his gifts, all of the fruit, all of that today.